You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock at the Peacock on Twitter. Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. We are making all of our picks for Sunday's games in week five, including our six-pack of best bets and reviewing what we saw on Thursday night football, Buccaneers and Bears. This season, get football on your time. NFL Game Pass, see all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. The Chicago Bears, Matt, knocked off the Buccaneers 20-19. to The Bears are now 4-1. and The Bucs fall to 3-2. and Both teams still in good position to be in that playoff hunt. But the Nick Foles-led Bears, 4-1. and And it was a three-point. We thought that this was going to be much more... Buccaneers sided game right it was they were favored by three we both thought that that wasn't enough points but um defense won out here really on both sides kept this game low scoring and the Bears won this one and they they just keep winning despite our our doubt and our skepticism in the Chicago Bears yeah it's pretty remarkable that they're four and one I mean their their point differential through five games is only plus five and they're four and one (laughs) you know like Wow, and their quarterback play really hasn't been good, and they're four and one. I mean, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it this week. The Bears are four and one. I can't believe the Bears are four and one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not exactly sure how they won this game. I mean, I mean, I have some ideas, but I thought Tampa got out early, and it was going to go exactly as we thought. Business trip, grind them out. Ronald Jones is playing well. Evans didn't look like he was banged up. They looked like the clearly superior team. And Nick Foles looked really bad. And I don't say a lot about Foles that are in the positive column, but he's streaky. And mostly that's a negative for a quarterback. But he heated up in the second half or as the game went on, started making a lot of throws. And not to take anything away from the Bears, but 11 penalties for well over 100 yards for Tampa Bay sure didn't help their cause on the road either. And they seem to wind down as road teams on Thursday night often do late in games, too. So they got up on that lead, but it wasn't a big enough one. It's odd because you look at the box score and you say, how in the world did the Bears win this? Because Ronald Jones, when you see a team that has 17 carries for 106 yards, 6.2 yards per carry for their lead running back. And Tom Brady's their quarterback. Tom Brady doesn't throw any interceptions, had a better rating than Nick Foles on the day. And you're looking at that with uh, David Montgomery on the other side. 2.9 2.9 yards per carry, 10 yard, ten carries for 29 yards. You're thinking, okay, well, this is a lopsided game. The Buccaneers obviously blew him out, but they did not. And one of the things I think that Allen Robinson said after the game when he was talking about Nick Foles as his quarterback is he said he's got a gunslinger mentality, and he's not afraid to let guys make plays. And we saw that with Allen Robinson. I'm sure Allen yeah. Robinson appreciates getting targeted 16 times and, and kept going back to him, even though one of those ended up being an interception because it was a bad throw on Foles and got batted up in the air and... Uh, was intercepted by Carlton Davis, who, by the way, is just a really good young cornerback in the league right now. Uh, That was a fun matchup to watch Carlton Davis uh, against Allen Robinson in that game. But then you see sometimes where the box score lies, and you dig a little deeper, and you see a statistic that tells a different story, which is Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn 
led a Bears defense that pressured Tom Brady on 43.2% of his dropbacks, his highest rate in a game since 2017. Mack was a monster in that game and uh, gave the rookie Tristan Wirfs, who's played really well this season, all he could handle, a hip toss included. Six pressures, two sacks, 34 pass rushes. That's 17.6 pressure rate. And Robert Quinn, five pressures on 28 pass rushes for a 17.9 pressure rate. They did enough to win, and field goals won out. And I thought maybe they gave Tom a little bit too much time in the end, but they did not. Uh, Chicago Bears held on to win that game, but the box score doesn't tell the story of of the final score at all. No, and that's a really good point about Robinson and uh, Foles and trusting his receivers and not being fearful. And that was true with Jimmy Graham too. Like I, I'm gonna, I've said some rough things about Jimmy Graham, and boy, I wouldn't have signed him. And he runs like a dad. He's moving around pretty well, and that guy has scored a lot of touchdowns in his career. A couple of dads out there with Gronk and Jimmy yeah. Graham. Like, this isn't 2010 anymore, guys. No. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so I don't really have a lot to add to this game. It was entertaining. We've had some good Thursday night football games, some close ones. And both these teams, I think, are flawed, but they're both good enough to win most weeks. And I think the Bears are continuing to prove that. They've got a good defense. And look, we've talked, Maybe. we've harped on it, on how bad defense is around the league. There's a handful of teams that are playing good defense, and I think those teams are going to stick. They're going to be in it because that's important right now. If the Bears and other teams with good defenses, to your point, can play these style of games, they'll be in it. Let's move to the schedule this weekend, and uh, let's just get it get it going right now. Should we start drafting our selections? I went first last week, Matt. I'll let you start here. We'll make a couple of picks, and then we'll come back and get to the rest of the week five slate. So you're up first with the first draft pick of, of games for our six pack this week. Yeah. I'm going to need a little help because I'm on my betting site and there's a lot of games that are, aren't, aren't up right now because of COVID and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, I might be asking some help along the line, along the way here, but uh, my first pick is an easy one for me. We mentioned it yesterday. The Panthers opened, you said at three and a half point dogs yeah. in Atlanta. And now I have I see it at one and a half. I don't really care. I think the Panthers are going to win the game. I, I think they're the better team. Atlanta's secondary is a nightmare against a good passing game, a well-constructed passing game. This smells like DJ Moore coming out party. Um, Falcons working on a short week. We don't know what's going on with Julio. And the Panthers' D isn't as awful as I thought. So I think they win this game. If you're going to give me points, I'll gladly take it. I really like what I've seen with the Panthers for the last couple of weeks. And yeah. Yeah, this this is one of the games that was on my list. One of the games I really liked when I saw the Action Network pick it. It was their number one pick on yesterday's show by Chris Raybon as well. And uh, yeah, they got it for one and a half. So we'll take that. Panthers over the Falcons. Panthers getting one and a half. And, and I, I like this straight up for the for the Panthers, which is key for an underdog. And you're not getting that many points. But three and a half would have been a lot easier at the beginning of the week because I like the way these, on paper, Falcons have a much better team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But, man, that young defense and Matt Rule has that thing going in the right direction. Teddy Bridgewater can at least game manage that team to some victories this season. So things things have changed very quickly in Carolina. Where I thought they might be the worst team in the NFL at one point this season. Yeah, me too. And I'm no betting expert, trust me. Um, I like picking games and I win more than I lose. But it sure seems like everyone is saying, boy, this is an, this is everyone's first pick of the week. Which makes me think that Vegas is going, we know Atlanta's going to win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they know something. Yeah, right. Like, why why are all the experts and all the people like us saying, 
boy, Carolina's my first pick. It makes that's the only thing that worries me about it. And that's why see the, the Falcons are the type of team where they're gonna let their fans down. They they get a lead, they blow a lead. But as soon as you think you know what's going on with the Falcons, which is exactly what happened last year, all of a sudden they start winning some games. So maybe you're onto something there. Maybe Vegas knows that, right. that that curve is about to about to come for the Atlanta Falcons. And who knows? Maybe Dan I, Quinn can save his job one more time. I mean, a month ago I gladly would have given you one and a half and taken Atlanta. Oh yeah, I would have given you seven <laughs> probably. Uh, okay, so I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston mm. Texans. I know a lot of people like the Texans right now, and they're favored by six and a half points, which I just think is too much for a team that can't win a game. And I, I got major questions about their roster, and I think the Jaguars are a team that can keep this close, if not even win that game. So uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars here, and I'm going to head-to-head again with the Action Network. I liked a lot of the Action Network Picks. This is the one that I thought, you know what, I'm going to go the other direction here and take some points. I'm going to take six and a half points and the Jaguars to beat the Texans. Uh, they might get a bump with a new coach, but six and a half points seems like a lot for how bad that team is right now. That does seem like a lot for them against anyone, let alone a pretty good Jags offense. And I bet Robinson runs for over 100 yards and therefore I'll take those points. I think Watson buy his stock now because it's only going up. But is everything going to get righted on offense just with one week of practice? I mean, I think there's a lot of points. I think Jacksonville stays close, so I'll take the points. All right, coming up, we'll pick the rest of the games for Week 5 Sunday. A couple of those games move to Monday and Tuesday, including the rest of the Peacock and Williamson six-pack. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always give back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. A refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us, keeping track of our picks all year. Need some refreshment for those marathon Sunday sessions. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. My second pick, I'm torn between a few of these. I have the Chiefs minus 11 and a half. I've seen this number fly all over the place, so I guess it depends where you get it at. But they destroyed the Raiders twice last year. Andy Reid owns this division owns the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders' defense will be any sort of resistance. I heard something today, and I wanted to double-check it, and I wasn't wasn't able to. The Chiefs are like the only team in the league whose games have gone under every week. Like, they're not putting up crazy points like you think. I think they will this week. That's a great point about their their point totals. They have been a little bit lower, even though they've been mm-hmm. winning you know, pretty handily most weeks. 
very interesting. They've been playing better defense too. It's they right. don't just have to go out there and outscore everybody. And they've had some players rising above expectations on defense for Kansas City in the secondary, especially. So uh, that's a great. I mean, that's a great sign for KC if they're playing great defense and they have that in their back pocket. We're like, well, and if we need to step on the gas pedal, guess what? We can do that too in the fourth quarter. Sure, just haven't had to. Who you like in that one? You said you had it at eleven and a half. I'm seeing twelve. Uh, either way, I'm going to take Kansas. Yeah. I think they win by. 30. Your number's fine, 11 and a half. No, uh, um, it's a big number, so I didn't have it on my list, but I would definitely not take the Raiders. I know that for sure. So, yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll lean with you on the Chiefs on that one. Yeah, I hear you. All right, we're halfway there with our six-pack. We've got Panthers, Chiefs, Jaguars so far. I am going to bet against my Niners, not against the Niners to win. I just don't like the nine points. I think that's way too much with how close Dolphins have kept games. We still don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the 49ers. And they're still injured quite a bit. And I think even if Jimmy Garoppolo is in there at quarterback, that's the strength of that Miami defense is that they're cover guys. And it looks like they're going to get Byron Jones back. He's practicing this week, too, and still looks like he's listed as questionable. But nine points is just too much. I think they can, you know, win by six or seven points. Absolutely. I picked the 49ers to win this game, but I'm going to take the nine points in Miami to at least keep it close. Good one. I like that as well. It was like my fourth or fifth pick on my list. Just because I think Miami keeps games close. I mean, I think they're a really tough-minded, growing organization that will, aren't going to just kneel on it at the end. They'll get that extra touchdown if it doesn't matter. They're going to—they're trying to build something, and in turn, they're keeping games close. And I know the Niners did this two weeks ago, but I'm not sure they're equipped to blow anybody out at this right this second. They're, yeah, they're, that's not the the brand they're playing either. So right. um, I think that's a great point. And so far, I'm four for four picking the Niners, and I've picked for them and against them against the spread. So all you out there that call me 49ers homer, I'm realistic about my team. I'm a realist out here when it comes to breaking down football. Matt, you've still got one more pick for the six-pack. Um, my last choice, I'm torn between two here, but I'm going to go the Browns. I don't know what number you have this at. I I bet it actually Browns plus one and a half, but that was like two days ago. I'm looking now at a pick 'em game in Cleveland against Colts. Um, I still, I think the Browns are going to win the game. So I, if it's pick 'em, that's fine with me. I'd prefer to get points. Of course, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think these are, you know, I, I pretty much think hey, it's a probably a conversation for next week, but I feel like half the AFC eight teams are pretty much fighting for seven playoff spots. And these are two of them and absolutely could have big ramifications for tiebreakers and things like that. I don't trust either quarterback, to be honest with you, but I trust the Browns running formula. I'm not sure about the against the Colts if I trust it because their defense is playing so well, but I don't trust the Colts to score a lot of points either. So I think the Browns are a slightly better team in their own building. I, I'm going to take them preferably with points. I'm with you. You're getting points for a game that you feel like is a pick And yeah, I'm seeing one, one and a half in some places. So mm-hmm. one and a half is the, is the same number. So uh, I'm good with that for the Browns to get points against the Colts. I'm with it. And I, and I, and I, I don't feel super confident that either team is better than the other. I, I do think both teams are, are good and will beat bad teams week to week, but you're giving me points. I'll take, if it was the Colts getting points, I'd probably take them. To yeah. Be honest with in you, in Cleveland. I know that doesn't mean a ton nowadays, right. but still. All right, I'm going to go head-to-head again with the Action Network, and I've I've had fun doing this against these guys, and uh, they had a bad week. We had a a decent week last week, and checking in on our 
our we our year long totals here. We're we're four games up, so we're averaging one more pick correct per week than the Action Network. So we're doing something right, Matt. And we we don't bring as much. You've been much... carrying us, dude. Don't be bashful. <laughs> I've been doing okay. I, I, yeah, I'm seventy five percent. I'm nine of twelve, <laughs> Matt. But you're five hundred. You're you're six of twelve too. So um, we're doing pretty good for ourselves here. And it's funny because. They bring so much data to the table, and it's very convincing. Uh, and and we look at it much more with a, a a scout's eye and more anecdotal the way we make picks. And um and by the way, people out there don't put money down on the picks. I'm telling you to to I mean like that's not my thing. But I'm having a fun time picking these games, and and we're doing pretty good. But uh, I'm not a betting expert, and so um I'm just waiting for. But if for... you win, we can provide a PayPal account. Oh, true. Yes, if you want to donate to uh, the Peacock and Williamson Fund, we can we can set that up as well. Uh, if you are making money with our picks, yes, you're winning. Yeah. Uh, so Don't forget our name. (laughs) That's right. So that's five of six. The very last selection in our Sunday six-pack before we uh, pick the rest of the games on the schedule here. I'm going to go head-to-head. The Action Network took the Giants plus nine and a half over the Cowboys. I'm seeing this line move and move and move. It's to eight points now, and I think I'm going to go the other way with it now that it's eight points, and I am going to give up eight points and take the Cowboys. I think they're going to put a whole bunch of points up uh, on the Giants because the Giants are good at stopping the run and I don't think the Cowboys care because they're they can throw it any old way left right down the middle deep short uh I'll take the Cowboys to win this game by a lot and get back on track yeah I, I, this was not one of my choices I'm leaning your way and I think I will go that way because like you said the Giants do stop the run well okay Zeke doesn't put up 100 or maybe he does late in the game but it's not a run centric game plan that goes for another 450. Part of me thinks, though, the Giants' offense, which has been close to unwatchable, will become me- merely below average going forward because they have some guys. And against this defense, I think they can maybe get to 17, 20 points. But Dallas might drop 45 on them. I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, as bad as the Cowboys' defense is. I think it can play better, but their offense is just going to keep rolling. And, you know, a lot of points, I think, and I don't think the Giants are good enough to put up that much of a fight. And the Giants aren't going to score a lot either. So that's the other problem is the Giants aren't going to score enough, I think, to keep this one close if the Cowboys are able to put points up on the board, which I think they still will against the Giants defense. And look, of all the teams I've watched this year, the Giants might be the second worst team to the Jets. Like, I think they're that bad right now. Oh, they're they're bad. And I mean, what's the chances Daniel Jones fumbles in the pocket or throws a pick? I would say pretty high against a decent (laughs) pass rush. And if that happens, you'll cover. Although I will start Darius Slayton in my fantasy leagues. I think that is very nice. Maybe even Ingram. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Ingram too, for sure. Yeah. Deploy everybody. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep this going with the rest of the Sunday slate. We've already talked about a lot of these games, six of these games to be exact, the Cardinals and jets, which actually the odds makers have turned this game off, which I was, which uh, is kind of odd, and I'm wondering why we're that missing is. Missing some news or something? Yeah, maybe we're missing some news, but uh, so I don't have a I don't current think, line. Sam Darnold's not playing. I mean, that can't be it, right? We know Flacco's a starter, right? Right, and would that even change? Would that change how you bet this game if it's Flacco instead of Darnold? I still can't take the Jets no matter what. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's really the answer. The it, answer. If, if we just go by what the opening number was, seven and a half, I would be fine with that. And if it came in lower, I would mm-hmm. definitely be taking the Cardinals over the Jets with a touchdown. What do you think? I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Cardinals. This is not a ringing endorsement for them. But I think the Jets against an average football team should be a 10 point dog. 
I agree. I agree. And Cardinals yeah. not might not be ready for prime time as we thought for the first couple of weeks in the season, coming right. off a couple of losses. But there's too much firepower there, and Murray and Hopkins and um, they they've got they can, they can play some defense. So sputtered a little bit, but the Jets are the Jets are bad. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL, and the Cardinals should roll them. So easily give me a touchdown there. Yeah, I don't think Flacco is going to help anything. Finish up strong. There's just ridiculous amount of statistics that will tell the story of how absurd. Russell Wilson throwing to DK Metcalf has become coming up on the Peacock and Williamson show. Eagles at your Steelers, the three and O Steelers who are missing one game because of COVID and the Titans more on that in a minute. And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles who picked up their first win currently leading the NFC East at one, two and one Pittsburgh favored by seven. I like the Steelers here. They were amongst my six, um, very rested, very healthy. The Eagles are neither. And I think the Eagles' D-line is their key to victory. You saw it against the Niners last week. It's a good group. It's about the only thing they're doing well right now. And if they can create big plays, if they can put Ben on his back, if they can stop the run, I think this is close and they'll have a chance to win. But I bet the Steelers get seven or more sacks in this game. Oh, wow. That's a that's a big number, and that is <laughs> yeah. that is a bad recipe for Carson Wentz if that's the case. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Uh, seven points is a lot. The Eagles can put up a fight. I, I was impressed with the Eagles. The, the Eagles weren't as bad as as they've been playing with what I saw last night or last week in prime time. They still got a really good defensive line. They can they can pressure quarterbacks. Um, they were playing hard. Carson Wentz was still making they plays were. and buying time with his feet. You know, if he gets some weapons back, they can still do some things, but um, just doesn't look good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh. Seven is, seven's about right. It's sort of a push for me, which is why it wasn't one of my six-pack picks, but uh, I do like Pittsburgh here. Yeah, I don't know that Pittsburgh's in the blowing teams out phase yet, but I just don't think the Eagles are in a good place, and their their offense is tied with the Jets for least – um, yards per play, and I just think that's a terrible situation coming to Pittsburgh, especially with their blocking and the pass rush. Absolutely. We've got the Los Angeles Rams on the road at Washington, the 3-1 and one Rams against the 1-3 and three football club. Rams favored by 7 on the road. I'm torn on this one, and mostly because the Rams have been traveling back and forth the country like crazy people lately, and I think that can take a toll on a team. And I don't know that the going away from Haskins is going to jumpstart Washington, kind of like we talked about with Houston. But if the reason my thoughts are, if the reasoning for going away from Haskins is he doesn't really know the offense, he's not making the right checks at the line, he's not getting out of bad plays, then Allen can at least do those things. Maybe the offense will move a little more efficiently than we've seen. And Chase Young's coming back. So did you, I have it at seven and a half here. Did you say seven or seven and a half? I am seeing both seven and a half and seven. And actually this was one of the action network picks. They took Washington getting seven and a half. Okay. So let's keep it at seven and a half and I'm going to take Washington since that's what they had it at. I think it's a perfect number though. Okay. I'll go Rams here. I'll go Rams. And if you can get it at seven, much better than, than seven and a half. The Baltimore Ravens favored big. This line, I think, is even moving and changing a little bit. Uh, 12, it started at 13. It's gone down to 12 here right now. Ravens favored at home over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll take the Bengals. I'm not picking them to win, but I don't think they stink anymore. I mean, I think that they're quietly a decent team. 
they've you know put together some non losses the last couple of weeks. That's that's big for this team considering they picked first overall. Burrow's legit. I think the Ravens are not quite clicking on all cylinders, and absolutely this could be the game where they put 45 and run for 325 yards on this defense. But Geno Atkins is coming back. Lamar missed the last two practices, and the second one after missing the first one with the knee was a, quote, illness. That kind of felt like maybe his knee's bugging him. I don't like the Lamar Jackson injury, so I would definitely stay away from this game. But at full health, I would think this could be a get-right game against the Bengals' defense for the Ravens. They put up a lot of points. And they've just missed so many times. They're going to start connecting. The Marquise-Brown connection is going to be a game where he goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns because they've they've missed just by inches so many times on some really big plays. So I expect that to happen. So uh, if I had to go one way or the other, I would go Baltimore here, and I would give up 12 points. I'd be okay with that. But by the way, the Bengals would be in first place in the NFC East with a 1-2-1 and record right now. <laughs> How about that? They're a powerhouse. I, I don't want to look too much into it, and it's a little bit tinfoil hat-ish, you know, but I, I feel like... When I heard Lamar had a knee, I kind of made me think his the not the running so much as maybe that's why he's missing just a little and his passing is just a little worse than it's been. I'm just a, that that knee thing doesn't settle great with me right now. The last game for Sunday, now that two of them have been moved, is the one and three Minnesota Vikings at the four and zero Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by seven at home. I don't like this, the way the Seahawks are playing defense, but I kind of want to take Seattle and just give up those seven in this one because I just don't have faith in the Vikings, even though they've played better the last couple of weeks. This one has a 57 over under. <laughs> just a massive number. I, I'm tempted to go under there. I mean, are the Vikes going to put up 25 to 30 points? I mean, I know Dalvin Cook's playing great and Jefferson's turn, helping them turn the corner, but I don't think they can keep up in, with Seattle in what looks like a shootout. I'll lay the points here. I mean, DK Metcalf might go for 210. Yeah, start DK touches. Metcalf. DK Metcalf, by the way, leads the league in receiving yards with 403 on only 16 catches. He's averaging over 25 yards <laughs> per catch and three touchdowns. He should have four. He fumbled the ball at, at the one-yard yeah. line on a walk-in touchdown. I mean, it's pretty amazing what that connection has done. He's tied for first with six receptions over 20 yards so far this year. First in receiving yards on passes targeted over 20 yards and um, first in touchdowns with passes target over 20 yards. And oh yeah, the guy throwing him the football, Russell Wilson throwing 20 plus yards down the field against the secondary that is the big problem right now for the Minnesota Vikings defense. Russell Wilson throwing 20 plus yards downfield according to Pro Football Focus has Six incompletions on those passes. He's 11 for 17 and seven touchdowns. More touchdowns than incompletions targeting 20-plus yards down the field. It's amazing. 25 yards per catch for DK. For DK. It's it's absurd. Looking at this a little bit through it, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I understand that draft class for wide receivers was awesome, and I'm not getting on any of the ones that were drafted ahead of Metcalf, who is the last pick in the second round, by the way. And they but, had to trade up to go get him. Go like that, the, the Seahawks had to trade up to go stop that fall. So props to them yeah. for recognizing it and going getting the guy, too. And, and I know he didn't run a good three cone. But does it really take a great scout to look at that guy and say, we should probably draft him really high? It's, it's the, the only excuse that I will accept, even if it's 
fake is if a team says, no, we didn't pass him with our medicals because he had a neck injury. That's the only one. Because That's three, fair. three cone drills don't even correlate to good players. Go look at the best three cones in combine history. It's, it's yeah. not a list of great players. And the thing to me that jumps out with DK Metcalf is, is overthinking for sure because he's doing exactly what he did on tape. He did this exact thing. He dominated three routes, and then he's also shown the ability to break off routes quicker and cleaner than what you would expect with that three cone. And he was just a pup. He's only 20 years old coming out of the draft, too. So um, he, he's pl- he put everything on tape. It was a huge miss for NFL teams. He should have been the top receiver drafted because he's a, he's a cheat code. And I understand if your doctor says he's never going to play because he's got a bad neck or he's going to have a, a four-year career because he's that's fair. Uh, got you know a narrowing spine or whatever it is. You know, And obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. But if your doctor didn't pass him and you let him fall, that's one thing. But taking J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or Andy Isabella over D.K. Metcalf never made any bit of sense. Like, if you want to argue on 2019 draft day that Marquise Brown may be a little bit more dynamic and you like his quicks a little bit better, or Debo Samuel, or uh, A.J. Brown, his teammate, who put up better numbers in the same offense, I will buy some of those arguments, but there's some arguments that's like, there's people should be fired over those bad evaluations and overthinking D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, that's my point, is if... My son watched the top 10 wide receivers at the combine, saw them all walk in the room and catch a couple passes and watched one or two of their game tape or even their YouTube highlights. He's 13. I think him and all his buddies that know a little bit about football, like you and I did at that age, probably more. He's got a pretty smart dad, but would say, give me that guy. He's the first pick on on the playground draft. You know, like he's different than everybody. There's nobody in the league like him. No, it's crazy. All right, we're out of time here. Good stuff, Matt. This is fun. Yeah, always a fun episode. It's a fun week talking football, uh, even though some games got moved. By the way, the uh, the Titans game is now going to be played Tuesday. Hopefully, that's if there's no more positive tests in Tennessee. Uh, that is Bills the Titans now. That is going to be a 7 p.m. Eastern primetime Tuesday game. And look, by the it's good for us. Like I love having a football game on Tuesday. You know, it's, it's bad for those teams that are involved and, and you hate having positive COVID tests, but I'm enjoying all these extra primetime games. Now we have the Patriots and Broncos on Monday night too. So we'll talk more about those games later. Yeah, I like it. My, my wife's, I haven't broke the news to her, but she's not gonna be thrilled. That there's a Tuesday game. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't that's a good us. point. My wife is going to be like, wait a second. What day is it right now? <laughs> sorry, honey. Got to work. All right. Sorry. You know, we were going to watch a, uh, another episode of Yellowstone, but sorry, you're out. <laughs> Uh, Great stuff. All right. And we'll talk to you guys Monday, breaking down everything we saw Sunday right here. Peacock and Williamson.